It's controversial. Having that guy around is the best thing that ever happened to the squad. If you have the right mix of autism and steroids, all these pundits and whatnot, a lot of people doubting me, you know. I don't want to fucking have a conversation while I'm sharing, you know, like, the hobby I do is already so gay. You are now listening to the El Segundo Podcast with Craig Jones. Guys, B-Team is now live on Submeta. So you guys are going to have instructors uh, like myself, obviously, Nicky Rod, Nicky Ryan, and unfortunately, Ethan Kralenstein as well. This won't be the typical stuff we put on BGJ Fanatics. Obviously, we'll still have instructional portions where we obviously go over in detail certain techniques, but we'll be providing something different. We'll have narrated rolling so you see roles between uh each of the high level guys where we both narrate the role from our own perspective and sort of cover important details in there it might be the whole role or it might be just one sequence that occurred during that round we're going to have q a's so for now the students are asking us questions and we're going to answer those questions for you guys on submeta but obviously down the line we plan to open these questions up on platforms like uh reddit Instagram, you guys will send the questions, but obviously you have to be a member to get those answers. We'll also feature the techniques we teach in the class, right? So obviously B-Team, very popular around the world. Not everyone can afford to travel to expensive ass Austin to train here. So this will kind of give you a kind of behind the scenes feel as if you're participating in these classes. You really see how the day-to-day runs. Uh, this is a better format for Submeta. Obviously we couldn't put this, all this bullshit on YouTube. Uh, it's too long. There's going to be so much content on here. Uh, again, slightly different look to BGJ Fanatics, but it, it'll be uh, very interesting nonetheless. Again, you guys know Submeta through Lachlan Giles. If you don't, now you do know he's on there. That's his own private website. Uh, we'll be using the same platform. So if you just Google B-Team Submeta, it'll pop up. But also if you're on the regular Submeta page with Lachlan Giles, you should be able to find a pretty easy tab to look over to B team. So again, for now, it's just Lachlan Giles and we're the first team breaking in to this new platform. The platform's incredible. He's done a real good job using developers. Uh, really easy to use system and it's going to be very, very cheap. Get on there, guys. Live right now. All right, we're here. We're going to start it off because you actually, uh, you actually brought this up. You were telling me about the absolute disgust and hatred you have towards Australians that comes all the way to Texas and train a new way, but <laughs> that seems to be your uh, your thoughts. Um, well, let's start. We won't say his name, but uh, he is your student, and you've done a lot for him. You coach him, you help him, you do all these things for him, and then he goes trains with your arch nemesis, uh, fake PhD professor in Texas. And with Gordon, who attacks you online every day. <laughs> and then he fucking gets on his knees for Gordon. You know, it's a bit of an interesting thing with that man. Cool. All right. <laughs> <laughs> ah, yeah. We've got people that have trained at both. And yeah. Yeah. Some people have gone to B team. Some have gone to New Wave. My plan is to have a match. I want to find out who's going to win, you know. Put it, the Australians that go to B team against the Australians that go to New Wave, and well, we actually already did it. Uh, I believe one Declan Moody did have a victory at New Wave headquarters, submitting him 
I remember I think they had a match pre the guy's time at New Wave and Declan didn't submit him. So under your tutelage, it was a points or a decision match. He goes to New Wave, gets submitted immediately by Declan Moody. How do you feel about that? <laughs> Must just mean that my tutelage is bad. <laughs> 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 yeah. That's one match, yes. We'll love. Uh, I mean, well, what, what, what else is there? I mean, it's, all right. So in my, I feel like you, I feel like both teams will get offended if I set up a a match in, in Australia. Yeah. To be honest, uh, some people are at New Wave that we have kicked out. Yeah. And they're also absolute students as well. Yeah. I would say that we have a vastly different um, line. You know, like if someone crosses the line, they're out of BT. But I feel like you're you're very you operate kind of like a church like environment. You know, you wanna, you want to help people grow, become better people, <laughs> like almost like a cult like environment. You know, a cult. Well, a cult. You you take in the the wounded. You know what I mean? The spiritually like wounded. Just generous, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. So you allow allow them to fuck up a few times of all uh, out of the. Not necessarily. My experience as a co- like running a gym has been if usually if someone messes up once and you give them a second chance, you usually regret it. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 100%. It's like, it'll happen again. Yeah, that's generally been the case. But yeah, the worst part of opening a gym for me was the realization that every single thing that you think would be normal behavior needs to be written down and put on the wall in front of whatever thing that happens. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, common sense is not so common. Yeah, using, like, shoes. If someone doesn't put their shoes on the bathroom and goes back to the mat, bang, they're out of there. Is that a band, lifestyle band? No, they don't know that. How could you not know that, though? I don't know. Some people haven't been to gyms before. Maybe then at their house they do that. I don't know. <laughs> uh, well, I'm trying to think of what other things we kick people out for anything. Hey, like if they who does the kicking out? Do you do it? I don't do it. No. But I, so you just you get to decide, and then you. Well, sometimes, uh, sometimes it's kind of like Survivor. You know what I mean? We have the five coaches, the five owners, and we all take a vote on it. You know? Yeah. But but who does the dirty work? Well, I mean, we pay someone to do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm not going to – I've got to be the good guy. <laughs> I absolutely have to be the good guy there. Maintain, Is it the guy behind the camera? <laughs> to maintain good relationships with the students, you know? Right. So you get to be on the good terms, but you kick them out. Well, I don't speak to them usually at all, you know? Like, I try yeah. to avoid most communication with the members. Sure. It's difficult, you know? Like, you, I remember you telling me, you're like, man, I don't remember half these fucking people's names. And you used to tell me that all the time. Yeah. How do you overcome that? Just don't remember everyone's <laughs> names. <laughs> yeah, it's too hard. I mean, if, if you when you got a smaller gym, you know you can know everyone. But like when it gets bigger, you can't. It's just well, I'm scared to, especially if, like I'm introverted. So like, I don't know. I think I'm, my my social circle's meant to be small. <laughs> Sounds like an excuse. So I'm scared now because I used to just say bro or whatever. But now that like, you you know you might be misgendering, you might be getting in trouble for that. You know. So like, what is the they them generic term? I don't know. You're in the US. You've got to deal with that. Oh, Melbourne's way worse. <laughs> Melbourne's fucking wild for that stuff. You don't think? I don't know. I can't say the things I say in Texas and Melbourne. I fucking Texas might be different. 
and a bit of trouble over there. So what, what do you think of the different um, training methodologies? So people I've, like people I've spoken to who went to New Wave, they do like almost an hour of, apparently John will teach just techniques for like an hour. Um, and then they'll do just positional training, no, no rolling. Oh, well, that's... Uh, that, that might be the mat size. That's limited like, based on mat size, I think, because Enzo Gracie Austin where they uh, teach the um, the regular people or some of the people in there are good. John just doesn't like them, doesn't allow them to come to Roka, you know? But but every day is basically like a seminar. Like it's like a lot of um, That started in Puerto, Puerto Rico because in New York we would do, all right, so everyone knows this, but class was meant to start at 12, but it started at 12.45, you know? Mm-hmm. And then we do... Only three, four, maximum five techniques. And if people haven't been in his class, he's pretty succinct as opposed to the length of his instructionals. Yeah. You know? What he says in class uh, could be a hundred times shorter than the way he expresses it in an instructional. But we would only do a short amount. We'd do three positions, three regular. And if there was a comp coming up, maybe an extra round at the end yeah. pertaining to those rules. And then in Puerto Rico... But that was because we were in Hens- operating under Henzo Gracie. So he, although he could start foot class 45 minutes late, that was about the limit. And then he couldn't run class too late because that space, mm-hmm. he's, he's teaching within Henzo's gym. Puerto Rico, the rules were completely gone. So like we went back to one session a day, but sometimes we'd do over two hours of technique before we'd roll. You know, like he would just. How did you find that? Oh, that was awful. Yeah. <laughs> That was awful. We start because when we went there, he wanted to teach all the locals, catch them up to speed on leg locks. So it'd be a lot of static drilling on that. Uh, and um, it's funny because it, yeah, I run like the pro classes I run. Uh, I tend to like, I kind of want people to do their homework, like you know, knowing what technique you want to work on and so on is uh, like a. I suppose I just view it a bit differently, but like. Yeah, you could you could sit there and watch instructionals and come in like knowing what you want to work, and then if you've got an hour and a half, two hours, you can get straight into the training side of it. Yeah, yeah. I, I just found it interesting that there's like a lot of technical instruction. Which you know, I was like, oh, isn't that something you could get in your own time? Yeah, yeah. Well, guys, I mean, people that are thinking for themselves are going to be way better than those people that just show up. That's always been my, that's always been my, like you and like, I, know, I think about all the guys in Australia that I think progressed fast, even like Kit, Mini Dave, uh, Tingy and so on, who I thought like got good at a faster rate than other people. Um, and even people, come, that's just people like that, that I came through with, but then people at my gym as well. Like even guys like Jeremy and that, like he would always just be studying his own things. You know, the people who are doing their own study, I think you just, understand like when you're coming in with like i'm going to try this not just i'm going to try what someone said but like i want to work this you do get better faster that's that's the sort of what i'm trying to do in my i'm trying to encourage people to to do that but you even if it's not if if they're not that personality it's hard but like yeah you know those are i mean it was someone asked me a question that they could easily figure out the answer to I'm pretty mean to them about it, you know, because it's like, to me, it just shows 
laziness or like they don't want to think for themselves. They don't want to try it out. So it's like I kind of try to shut it down. That's probably one thing I learned from John, but that's not going to fly in a regular gym, you know? Like if someone's a purple belt and they're like, how do I escape psych control? You're like, bro, like fucking way too far gone now. You know, like it better be a specific question relating to a specific yep. problem. Otherwise, I just think it's super lazy. Or then like if they, you, they demonstrate it and the problems, the solution's so obvious. You're like, bro, how are you not? Like you, you haven't even come up with your own idea, tried to test it out. Yep. You're trying to cut out the middleman. And ask me direct, but then that just to me shows a lazy personality type that's probably not going to do too well in jiu-jitsu where you face problems yeah. every day. How would you say B team's training structure is different to like what? Like if someone was going to New Wave compared to B team, what, what would they expect? I mean, the different? classes will be more, much more, uh, encouraging much more self learning. But then, like you said, like some people just, uh, they seem to be incapable of that. Yeah. I mostly just help people that have events, somewhat important events coming up. Like I'll work on specific things with them rather than work with the whole class. Cause I believe like helping them over specific problems for the event they have coming up is actually more helpful to them than them participating in a regular class. But the good guys are in the corner practicing what they think they need to work on. You know, they self separate. Some sometimes someone that doesn't belong in that corner comes along. We have to whoosh, kick them out, you know. They're not ready yet, but yeah. I, um, how much? Do you, so I'm just getting into your. your <laughs> I'm <really> interviewing you. <laughs> um, how important do you think working from bad positions is? It was interesting. Like I talked to. I asked Tynan. I was asking Tynan about his um, training, and he says like he gets him mostly working out of bad spots which I found interesting because I always thought AOJ was all about like first grips, first point, like basically if you pass the guard, you lost sort of oh, thing. Yeah. You know, that's, that's kind of, I kind of viewed them as like the opposite of like, cause I heard like how Danaher was training, which was a lot of like mount side control and back. And I thought like AOJ was almost the opposite. They would, if you were in any of those spots, the match is already decided and like the real match is decided earlier in the guard pass sweep thing but it was interesting that's that's kind of how i viewed it but then speaking to tyne and he but not everyone at the gym but like just him and maybe some of the best guys gee gets him to work out of bad spots how important do you think that is i think that's good psychologically because you realize how bad most people are in good positions and bad positions yeah like sometimes you see it in a match where the second a guy gets past he's basically submitted you're like oh he's hasn't yeah. no offense we well, yeah. no defense from here at all. I think it's good psychologically because if you're confident in bad positions, you're always relaxed in the role. Whereas if you think, oh, if I get past, I lose, you generally start to freak out a bit. And that's when I think people make terrible decisions. Yeah, I was thinking about it like also if you're, if you're the best, like if you're the, the person who should, you should win, like no matter what the exchange is, you should win, then the things you need to do to make yourself win more is actually just like now work on like the odd chance that you do get put in a bad spot that you're going to get out. Cause in the, in the neutral spots, you, you'll probably, you get, you get into those spots enough, you win. So you're only then going to lose if someone like can take you out of that. Whereas I think like for 
maybe someone who's just like in amongst the field but not the best guy in the division maybe more time needs to be spent on in that kind of mid-range like that those earlier battles because they need to just get in and have you know to have a chance at winning just being able to get out a lot for them is not so good they need to actually like keep upskilling on their ability to take advantage of a good situation yeah, I also think it's a fun way to train too, is like just putting yourself in progressively worse and worse positions. You do it a lot more than I do. And see if you can get out, yeah. <laughs> but maybe it's because you're bigger. It I don't like I don't want to I don't want to do a camp and start under mount. Oh yeah. You know, but you day. realize how terrible everyone is, you know? Like people are legitimately awful. Most people, you know, it's crazy. You you encounter I can like ninety eight percent of people have one or two things they're good at. And nothing else. Yeah. And that's just mind-blowing. It's the ultimate blue belt. It's the guy that got good at a Kimura and just kept Kimuraing people over and over again until they got their black belt. That's like what most people are, I think. That's good if you've at least got one good thing. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I – that's the I mean, when I put myself in bad positions, I realize how bad people are attacking from those positions. You know, you're like, wow. I think it's important mentally to realize that. Like if Tainan's always starting in bad positions, no one could do anything. He feels bulletproof competing, you know, like what's yeah, someone yeah. going to do? Yeah. And that's why Gordon will always do long matches because it's like Tainan, Jensen, well, he got up an advantage on him yeah. and then just rode it out, you know, like you can do that in a short match. You can't do that in a longer match. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, so you, you definitely get injured more. Every now and then, though, I give someone a good position. Like, even at this camp, uh, and someone will do something crazy to me, and I'll be like, I have to be basically Gandhi level of Zen to not just get out and just break their leg or something. Hey, if that's the hard part, you know, you have to be like, serenity now. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's why I don't do it. Just usually at a camp, I'll just like try to. I mean, I do a lot of roll, like, you know, I, pretty, I tried to roll everyone at the camp. So, for me, it was just like, if I can just win a little bit and just use the least amount of energy required to just stay ahead. But it's what like, a waste of time, mate. No, nah, it's fun. I think, I think you learn, I feel like I learn if I'm trying to use, like, it's a, you're improving your skills if you're trying to do it the most efficient way possible. Like, use as little energy as you can to... I feel like that's like a good way to up your skills, even if it's someone who you could, you know, you could like press, put a lot of pressure on and, and walk through. But if you kind of limit yourself in like very short movements and very, you know, tight, but like minimal energy, I think that's a way to, to improve against someone who you normally could beat. That's a very safe way to do it, right? Yeah. I like to just give them all positions and say, oh, wow, this guy's terrible here. Let me see what highlight real thing I can do to him specifically in that moment, you know, which yeah. is fun, fun as well, you know, fun. I don't know if they enjoy it as much, you know. Did anyone get injured rolling you during the camp? I popped one guy's elbow, but only he caused it because I went for a stupid submission. I went Americana under side control, and he tried to pull back. But, like, that just puts the... We heard the pop. We'll check out the camera and see how loud it was. He said he already had tennis elbow, though, so obviously I'm not liable there, you know. Hopefully he signed the waiver. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, I haven't been sued yet. 
Not yet. Dude, you can get sued in a role. I mean, if, 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 if you did someone, role, calls someone calls Hannah Gracie, who knows what's going to happen, you know? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I suppose if you do something that's considered outside the normal scope. That's the thing. Sometimes I go for Boston Crabs and I think, hey, this could break their spine, you know? Yeah. If you're out there, if you're watching this and you want a good payday against Craig, that's your time. That'll be the end of it. The second someone successfully sues a seminar guy, no one's rolling at the seminars <laughs> anymore, right? It's bound to happen, isn't it? I always wonder what they get out of it. Like, what, like they want to roll with you. Some people want to test you at the seminar. And then, like, basically they just want to touch you, you know? Like, you're like... Because it's like, it's, it's weird, you know? Some people... They try not to get submitted, and you're like, man, this is so weird. But so you, you get a good feel for the type of person now if they try to kill you. I think they want to, like, they want, like, a measuring stick to some degree. But you can't. Not just fit. Yeah, I know, but not just, like, not like, can I beat Craig, but also just, like, what, like, you know, they, they might have rolled their black belt coach or whatever and, like, have, like, okay, like, I have to use this much, I can use this much energy to hold him off, but like, you know, and then they roll you and then they're like, oh, wow, you know, it's definitely different. I like, like when you roll you, like, I like rolling high-level people just to feel that. Okay. Yeah, but when this two is- high-level people are rolling, that's different to when a high-level guy rolls at a seminar. Yeah. Because they're doing bizarre stuff. They're doing weird things, you know. They're- I think you get some people who then are like, they want to, they're defeated in in that they're like, oh, I'm not going to, I can't beat him with normal jiu-jitsu. I've got to trick him. And that's what they probably do. You know, they're like, oh, I can't like knee cut pass. So I'm going to try to like do a cartwheel or something. And, you know, so, something that Craig's not used to and therefore. But I try well. to, to, to like, if they try to roll with me properly, that's why I try to give them a good position. So they know like, hey, this is a joke. Yeah. This isn't a real round. You know, like I won't roll with strangers hard. Yeah. I have to like know the person to roll semi hard even because otherwise it feels like a competition. And I know if I roll hard with them, I might actually get very angry at time. You know what I mean? Like I might do something that just you're like, Father, you got to keep it together, you know? That's the hardest part for sure. And they like kicking their head, freaking out, spazzing out, you know? Because people, they do that nonstop. Not everyone, not everyone. Some people are cold. Yeah. Did you find that was common during the camp? Or? I thought it was pretty good. Oh, I thought the camp was normal, normal, like normal yeah. group of people, you know? Yeah. What do you think of the questions during Q&A? The questions were terrible, yeah. <laughs> questions were Why did you do a Q&A lesson then? I didn't know what to teach the last day, you know? Okay, sure. I wanted to see, I like to see what questions that people have as well, though, because you get a feel for... Uh, what type of people were there, you know? If every question's about buggy chokes and Ezekiel chokes, you're like, all right, we know who you are, you know? Looking for a shortcut. Most of the time when I was rolling, when I looked over, you were teaching someone a buggy. Oh, yeah, they, that's what they asked for. It's the same in um, Belgium. Because uh, most people will be like, the buggy doesn't work. And if someone tells me anything doesn't work, then I'm like, all right. I'm going to try to hit this on you, you know, like for a lot, for my own personal enjoyment, not for improving the technique (laughs) of the sport or being a positive influence on the seminar attendees. Most people just want to train to hit some submissions on their friends, you know, I think. 
I feel like the average person doesn't care that much. Yeah, that's fair enough. Should we talk about Submeta? Submeta, yes. Yeah, we're on Submeta as of what, yesterday? Yes, I think it's, well, it's live now. So um, maybe we can talk about like, I suppose like for, at least from the way I see it, you know, we've got so like we've got so many people from our gym that travel halfway across the world to train at B team. Already, already at a pretty good gym, I think. Some, of, <laughs> some of those cowards go to Newark. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like you know, um, this is it's like it's the place that people want to be. People want to train at B team, and obviously, most people from around the real world can't be there all the time. So it's this is kind of like an online academy where you get to it's kind of like you're in the you're in the room not just um with for your for your submitter for this anyway it's like you know it's going to get a real insight into how everyone's how you guys are training you get to see roles with you and, and the other members of the b team and and guests and you know some more high profile roles they wouldn't normally get to see uh, what else you got you doing like a lot more narration so probably like getting to see like your mindset like what you're thinking um, yeah, what else have you got? Yeah, I mean, it's going to be tons of narrated rolling footage and, the, like you said, the rounds that we don't want to just give away for free. You know, like the YouTube yeah. channel is meant to represent the vibe of the gym, yep. I think, create, get a bit of the atmosphere, but it doesn't show enough details, for, I think. You know what I mean? We can't, we can't just put in, keep putting out full rolls, you know, like yeah. – the YouTube format, I don't think it's good for that. People don't have the attention span for that. But the people that watch the YouTube that are like, oh, they see a highlight reel of a role and they're like, I want to see how that actually went down. Yeah. You know, or even some of the better roles. Like we don't want to just be giving out me and Nicky Rod killing each other for free on YouTube. You know, yeah. we'll at least put that behind, we'll put those beatings behind, <laughs> behind the paywall. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so it'll be like sort of behind the scenes stuff, classes. And a lot of Q&As, you know, obviously today was a very intellectual Q&A at, uh, you know, Iceland, so yeah. along those lines, yeah. Yeah, so it was obviously different, like I have a submitter page. Mine's like predominant, mine's predominantly built around courses um, and it's like, so like kind of like structured on a topic where I've got like a structured course similar to like an, uh, an instructional that you'd make and like mine's got multiple ones of them. Yours, because it's B team, it's the whole team, it kind of it makes more sense for you guys to sell instructionals as a separate thing. And this is more like this is the B team and you get more like training footage and um, and techniques and you know, that there are some, you've put some technique, like film techniques up oh, for as sure, well, yeah. right? Um, clips as well. Ours is obviously priced cheaper because we have to take into account the burden of Ethan Krellenstein's content being on Submeta. So I just, it, you know, balance. <laughs> It <laughs> balances out. I, I think, think what are we doing? Twelve ninety five. I think for a month, you guys are twelve ninety nine, or like under annual subscription, it works out to be ten ninety nine or ten fifty nine or something per month. So yeah, ours will be yeah. more like uh, like people that have Patreons and stuff. You know, more targeted sort of behind the scenes stuff. You know? It's pretty. I mean, that's what like I think um, a lot of the time. One of the best ways to learn, you just want to watch like lots of rolling footage of your favorite favorite grappler you know oh. we always used to go on like muscle mg and i used to go on mg in action and just like didn't watch uh, you know it wasn't always like techniques it was just like rolls but obviously you're gonna have everything there so 
Yeah. yeah. Oh, I mean, a lot of the footage I'll put up, I might like, sometimes I think narrating the whole role is kind of like, there might be key moments in the role, really go deep on one exchange. Yeah. I, sometimes I think that's almost more beneficial. Like you sometimes you'd see comp footage, like I'd watch comp footage breakdowns back in the day, but there would be guys, I can't remember the names of the channels, but they would just deep dive on one single sequence because yeah. it was so interesting, so hard to figure out. Yeah, there's some interesting stuff up there already. Um, I think you had one on EBI rule set. I think it was, was it attacking? Oh, was it, was it my one? Yeah. Oh, I did, um, I did the two most important things to know for EBI all the time, I think. Yeah. The reverse hitchhiker and how to escape the body triangle on the underhook side. Yeah. So that's like an interesting look. That was like a standalone video that you, and you'll be filming quite a lot of them. So the yeah, plan yeah. is to release like three or four, maybe more possibly oh, videos sure. a week or whatever you can. Yeah, it'll be more targeted like that, more specific. Whereas like typically for an instructional, you kind of film the whole thing. Like most of the time we're working on one or two things at yep. a time, you know. So it'll be mostly releasing the things I'm working on right now yep. rather than having to wait for a time to put that in a full instructional. I don't know what the other guys are doing on there. Nicky Rod's probably speaking caveman on there, so it'll be, uh, it'll be entertaining. You'll get good technique. You won't know what any of it's called. Um, Nicky Ryan. And so you've started at the end of class doing discuss. Like uh, you get everyone around. Anyone got questions? I think we, uh, I was chatting to Seth that you guys would be like maybe doing that on particular topics as well. So it would be something that someone can search like, you know, uh, high step passing Q&A. You know, and you'll have like a Q&A on high step pass and people will ask different questions and, and so on. And I think like probably the, that's one of the things, you know, we're talking about new wave versus um, B team. But I think you guys are a bit more like, from what I understand, it's a bit more like collective, like you're all growing, like you're taking inspiration a bit from everywhere, whereas new wave is a bit more top down. For you know? sure, yeah. Yeah, John's the... Uh... The guru, he's the only one. Last time I got a tattoo, I was crying nonstop. It dragged the tattoo out for maybe seven, eight hours. I needed something to ease the soreness this time. We got stuck into the new mood cannabis product. This time we went the Bubba Kush. And so far I've had multiple naps during this one. I barely feel a thing. Mood provides federally legal Delta 8 and Delta 9 products. They have uh, vapes, pre-rolls, gummies, and bud as well. Euphoric, energized, or chill? Choose the mood that's right for you. Order your THC products from Mood today. And for 20% off your first order and free gummies, go to hallowmood.com and use the promo code F. Craig Jones. That's hallowmood.com, promo code F Craig Jones for 20% off your first order and free gummies. Which is very interesting. It's like obviously a different, two different takes, like the Russian army versus the US army. That's true. Apparently that's the difference in command. Who are we, the Russians? <laughs> no, you're the US. That's what I've heard. Actually, I don't, I don't really know, but I've heard that like, Hopefully new wave becomes it's Ukraine then. Some more authoritarian, you know, like they have this real top-down structure where it's like um, the US, for example, like each um, unit can act 
you know, on their own accord to some degree. We still and have it, a little bit of that. Like if I look around the room and someone's doing something stupid, I'm like, hey, don't fucking practice that. You know, you're embarrassing <laughs> all of us here, you know? Which, I mean, obviously might be the buggy joke, but <laughs> I'm not leading by example. Yeah. No, I think I, I – yeah, I definitely think it's – if you like you want to draw from everyone in the room, you know, especially if you've got some – high-level guys who are doing different things. You know? Yeah, and we got lots of tourists coming in. So obviously when those high-level tourists come in, like Joseph Chan, I will absolutely steal his moves, yeah. rename them, and teach them to for sure, yeah. <laughs> That's he's, the, the he's method. He's doing good, hey? Yeah, Joseph's doing really good. He competes actually, I think, against Isaac tomorrow. Yep. Are they, oh, okay, they're, they're having an actual... So it's yeah. basically Jesus versus Judas there, you know, like he's... <laughs> He's the Chinese Jesus taking one out for the team here, hopefully. <laughs> Joseph came down. He came, I've, I've, actually, I've rolled both of those guys in the last two years. Joseph came down maybe like six months, six to eight months ago. Yeah, he's really good. Yeah, yeah. Isaac's incredible wrestling and positional grappling, but I think he falls short when it comes to submissions. Joseph's pretty amazing all round. Definitely taking probably a, a big strength disadvantage in that match. Um, who else we've got? We've also got Kenta will be facing either Dante Leon or Cole Abate, which is, that's real interesting as well because Kenta took down JT Torres twice. He did a, had a good match with me. Kenta seems like he'd be hard to beat. Yeah. Like he's, he's, like, he's like um, kind of short, stocky, just like, I mean, I don't, without having ever rolled with him, he, he just seems like he might be someone that's hard to do stuff to. Yeah, he's got the same body as Nicky Ryan, but like he's just a bit with muscle mass and athleticism. You know? Is he like, be shorter than Nicky, right? Good question. Nicky's pretty, yeah, they're both pretty similar, similar yeah. size. He's a bit thicker than Nicky. Yeah. De- def- I think definitely a bit, takes the strength and conditioning probably a bit more. Yeah. A bit more serious, I'd say. Yeah, Kenta's, uh, Kenta's tough though. Super tough. And then we also, Kai's in there as well, but I'm not, I think Kai might be at reserve or something. And then we've got on that same, we've got um, Kamal. Kamal, yeah, yeah. He'll be taking on Giancarlo, I think. Kamal has never forgiven me because I went to his gym in China and he's the coach there. And I probably shouldn't have done this, but I wrist-locked him in front of his students (laughs) and he didn't want to tap in front of his students. So I was like slowly putting the wrist-lock on until it was unbearable. And then he tapped. Then we kept rolling and then I wrist-locked his other hand, but he tapped quick on that one. And he's, he's never forgiven me for this. (laughs) <laughs> well, I mean, they won't now that it's on the uh, camera it's, yeah. yeah it's probably I mean that's why we, sh- we release this after the event because his opponents we don't want his opponents to know he's very limp-wristed you know he's got one move he's very good at which I don't know, this is not going to be released before the event so let's see maybe he'll get his John Wayne sweep oh yeah he's really good with that if like if someone pressures into the like I think from from the John Wayne sweeps I've felt his is He'll probably get that on uh, Robinson. He'll probably face Khabib's team. I imagine those guys are force half guard. You don't reckon Giancarlo will? Giancarlo will, yeah. Yeah, true, true. He's a big man. Like, he'll be he's hard to huge. move. But, That's yeah. the crazy thing with the new wave guys right now. It's like they're massive. Like, Big Dan, huge. Luke Griffiths, huge. Giancarlo looks like fucking. It's like a group of 80s action movie stars. You know what I mean? It's definitely a smart idea to try to build up athletes at the heaviest weight division because most people are not as good. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you, if, you, if you can get some heavyweights and make them technical, that's already. But, I mean, if you're an athletic 
large person, you're going to do a real sport. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, imagine, like, what are you going to be like? Oh, listen, I'm, I could be in the NFL, but I love jiu-jitsu, you know? Like, yeah. you're going to pick. What are you going to pick? It's the reason, like, UFC heavyweights and stuff are generally, you know, the tight, like, Volkanovski's division stuff, because what else could he be but a jockey or something, you know? Like, stuff for him. <laughs> <laughs> Making more friends. <laughs> <laughs> no, he loves to laugh. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. The, the heavier guys, like, it's like they're doing real sports, you know? Like, we've got a few like that. In Australia, I feel like the 70, like, sorry, the Asian trials, the 77 kilo division's going to be pretty hard. And there's a few people from 66 that are going up to 77. I just think they're crazy. I look at the... Like 66 is a much weaker division than 77. Yeah. Yeah, because, no, yeah, that's almost, it's almost too light for the average guy, you know? Like 77, though, I feel like Joseph's beatable, but I don't think anyone's better than it. You know what I mean? It's weird sometimes within the... Obviously, if you win within the rule set, but then it's like in terms of people I've trained with, for that level of experience, I'm just like I've, it's really hard to find anyone like that, you know? Joseph, I can't remember when I first, he must have been in Australia. He's like, oh, like, he sent me a message. He's like, oh, I messaged you on Instagram ages ago. And I, <laughs> I looked it up and he sent me a message. He would have been like 15 or something. He asked me about leg locks and I just left him on red. <laughs> that's the, <laughs> Might have been my chance to get him to Australia. He yeah, that's been... the type of guy he is, eh? He <laughs> leaves people on red all the time, eh? Rude to people Only in you. the Q&A, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I messaged you left me on red when I was talking shit because our guy beat your guy at the Tense Planet thing. Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you were like, well, you want me to talk shit about my own guy? I'm not going to Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nah. <laughs> Joseph, yeah, Joseph. I, th- I feel like he just doesn't compete too much, you know? Some guys are really talented, they just don't compete that much. He's doing the Aiga because I think his sponsor, uh, Ali Un, wanted to, wanted to put a team together. And it's obviously like, hey, Joseph, you're in the team, you know. But generally speaking, he's not competing a ton. He doesn't even want to live in America full time. Like, he, he's got, he's a 12 year old with a, already understands a work life balance, you know. Like, he's pretty comfortable. <laughs> Is he, yeah, okay. Where does he, does he come from a good family or something? Or? Good question. He's a mystery, you know. He's out there in Shanghai. I don't know what he's been up to, you know. I don't know. <laughs> His sponsor helps him travel the world and train and stuff. So he, he trained with you guys for like three months or something? Or? Good and question. Did he, and he, was he just... He spent about nine months total time with us. He does some stints. Yeah. We have a bunch of guys that come in and do stints. We get like some Swedish guys. Uh, we all people from all over the world who come in yep. and do some stints together. That's what, that's what we might use. So obviously you got donated $100,000 from an anonymous source. <laughs> We've also been donated 100, so we might actually use that because obviously we could do whatever we want with it. We might use that to try to buy a house and set it up for these guys to come down. Yep. Crazy, you can buy a house. Can you buy a house? Oh, no, no. We'd have to put money into it, but it would obviously help oh, like a lot. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. 100K, no, not in Austin, but definitely in some parts of America, get a house for 100K. But who's going to clean it? Probably the guy behind the camera, you know? <laughs> Nah, I don't know. We'll probably, uh, 
I thought about because I, I thought of like something I might do. I was like, oh, maybe I can just like pay for accommodation for people doing trials and stuff. But and then I was like, but then if they if I pay for the room and then they go and like wreck it and it's under my, you know, and yeah, you're like, liable, you get, right? yeah, you're liable. So I'm like, maybe I'll, I'll probably like end up using. I've got like still a little bit like fifty something, fifty thousand Australian. Oh, remaining left. Yeah. I think I'll probably like put it towards accommodation of people who are doing trials, um, either these trials or next trials or something. You used your money very fairly across the board. I don't think we're using our money like that. You know, I'm absolutely biased playing favorites, you know, use it to punish people. Yes. <laughs> Depending on who it is, you know, if they're like, hey, can I come stay in the house? I'll be like, I'll do what you do, leave them on red, you know, what you did to Joseph Chan. <laughs> yeah but yeah the 100k is crazy don't know we're gonna feel i think we're gonna use it to film a show but here's here's the tricky thing i know this is gonna be you you'll be very careful about what you say here but it's like you you have to kind of do everything uh equally across the genders you know like if you if i weave the house i'm gonna have people stay but the last thing i wanted to do is have this turn into a Lloyd Urban House situation where some crazy shit goes down. If I got male and female athletes staying together, it's hard enough to run a know, gym yeah. with yeah. both genders in there. You know, it's just fucking crazy shit goes down. You know, so like if I were to, we were to set up a house, I feel like we'd have to do it. Hey, during this times, all men, during this times, all women. You know, like that'd be a fucking nightmare to manage. Sending them in there together. I'm not going to say anything here. I'm just going to leave you. <laughs> <laughs> have you been watching the uh, Women's World Cup? No, because I've been here in the Iceland doing a training camp. Ah, uh, right, right. Not supporting the country. Here. <laughs> nah, yeah, I don't know. I haven't watched it, no, but yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, I don't watch soccer at all to begin with, eh? Um, you would have had to. Did you have to watch a lot of sports you hated when you were coming up as a physiotherapist did you have to go work for teams and stuff I mean, for australian rules football teams i had to do that for a while that was a hard that was the worst actually you hated it definitely by the end <laughs> i mean at first i was like this is good it's funny because it was like really good work experience because you actually when you're studying physiotherapy like you're you don't really get to see real patients so you can work for like a football team and you're there like when people get injured and you got to like, there's no one else around to diagnose it. So at least you can like try and then you can like, you're still learning, but you can try and then you send it off to the physio and it's kind of like, was I right? Or was I, was I wrong? Um, Why does every Australian want to be a physiotherapist? I don't know. It seems like a good idea. I think because when you're young, like if you're like 15, you get injured, you probably go and see a physio and it's like pretty easy. You're like, oh, these, these guys just like work with sports people, you know, seem to do okay financially, which I don't think it's actually that good financially. But um, so they're like, oh, it's like physiotherapy is just sports. But then when you actually get into it, you're like, oh, it's like 90% old people with you know, like back <laughs> pain. You gotta, and you gotta, you most gotta, of it's actually not even private practice. Like, what you've seen is probably the private practice physiotherapist. Like you go in cause you've got an injury. Most physiotherapies like someone's had a stroke or 
have just had like a hip replacement or something and you need to get them out of bed. You work at the hospital and you just got to get them moving again to the point where they can get out of the hospital. Yeah, that's the first, nice. <laughs> the that's first day of my first placement. It's like, um, that was, and I, I got put on the place, like my best friend in the course. It's kind of like a jokester like you a little bit. Um, but we got, we've managed to like get our placement at the same place together. And then like our first day we're walking around and then this at the hospital and then this um, lady with dementia just did a, a shit right on the floor in front of us. And our supervisor's there like talking to us and we're just looking at each other, trying not to, <laughs> to laugh. Sorry. Did you have to clean it up? No, no, no. The nurse did that. <laughs> no, just like, it was a bit of a shock. I was like, oh, this is, this is what we do now. Oh, that's rough, eh? Yeah. But that's normal. That's just like every day something like that would happen. Yeah, I couldn't imagine. I don't have the patience for people to do <laughs> a job like that, you know? I don't know how people do it. I don't know how you're a jiu-jitsu coach, to be honest. Well, I mean, the things, man, you know what? You'll be able to clarify this with me. What is it with people wearing injuries like a badge of honor and being like wanting to say like, oh, I'm fucking more injured than you are. You know, it's so bizarre. Or they like want to be injured. They want like say, I remember even at Absolute, guys would come up to you and ask you about injuries. Like they want you to say they're injured or something, you know? They don't want to hear, no, you'll be fine. Just train around. I don't know. <laughs> they want to be injured. I don't know. Do you, do you think so? In a weird way, like they want to be like, they want the pain they're experiencing, they want you to be able to say, no, that's bad. You know, like. I think they maybe want validation. Yeah. Like, it's very it's strange. Real. Yeah. This is what I want to pick your brain about. Most, most injury, I mean, you just look at the Meow Brothers, right? Like tell me an injury they haven't had that they're still training with. Yeah, they're fine, eh? <laughs> I don't know if they're fine, but <laughs> at least long term. But yeah, it's kind of that's like to, you know your brain can allow you to work around injuries. You know, I'm not saying that you should, but yeah. Well, that's one thing, right? Working around an injury, those guys are were letting shit break almost like yeah, as a badge of honor, you know. But you don't see that as much now. True, true. You, like I used to think footlocks, like I basically, you know, I basically just like, yeah, like I think you, you would have come through at the same time. Like you're watching all the worlds and like Huffa Mendes and Guy and the Meows and I was like, oh, and even Leandro. It's like you just don't tap to, I, I, I never had that mindset, but I was like, oh, they're, they're not tapping to footlocks, so I'm not going to bother. I'm not going to bother doing straight foot locks or toe holds because people just might not tap to them. And I don't see that as much now. Yeah, I think probably heel hooks probably changed that because Brazilians used to say don't tap to heel hooks either and shit, you know? Yeah, they like seem to. Any yeah. leg attack, you know? But yeah, I guess heel hooks changed that. It scared me when you'd see like spiral fractures in outside heel hooks. Those are the ones that I'm yeah. like, that's what's, bad. What's wrong with these people there? Eh? It's bad because you don't. You look at it and you're like, what, "What's the mechanics there that are different to? Like, do you know anything different about those heel hooks? That just, oh, they're obviously outside heel hook, but usually the thing is, usually with an outside heel hook, you're you're actually risking a bit less. It's usually like your ankle, possibly LCL, 
Yeah, if it's but it's usually a lot worse. Like usually when it's an inside heel hook, it's like a worse ankle, like like the inside ligaments of your ankle or your medial ligament, possibly ACL. Like worse injuries, but then you've just got this more rare but possible chance of an outside heel hook just shattering your whole shin. If that shatters your whole shin, it's terrible. It's a horrible injury. Young yeah. and in healthy shape, will they test your bone density and see if there's any? Possibly. Something like that, eh? I don't know if they would just from one injury. Usually it's like people who have had multiple fractures, they start going, well, why is this person like, you know, fracturing so often? And that's when they usually look at bone density. Some people are super fragile, hey, like you'll see them get put in an, any form of footlock and it just pops straight away. You're the opposite. I mean, mine are stretched out now from just allowing them to go a bit far day by day. You know, you need a good poker face, bluff them out of it. That's all it is, I think. All right, we've got to get to your recovery. All right, stretching, useful or not useful? For what? For jiu-jitsu. Useful. And all forms of stretching for jiu-jitsu, stretching all body parts. Stretching is useful for performance, not useful, uh, partially useful for injury prevention. Why do you say partially? Uh, Because it can be worse and it can be better. Like the more range a joint has, the less stable it is. So like if something moves a lot, it's harder to keep it the structure of it tight. Does that make sense? Yeah, like hypermobility, right? Sort of. Not even just hypermobility. Yeah, I mean, just more mobility, right? Um, uh, just think of like your shoulder, you know, like does a whole, like your shoulder moves outwards, forwards, it rotates. It does, it's like one of the most mobile joints in the body. Also much more prone than other joints to dislocate because of that. Because like, how do you have a structure that moves so much? but is also stable. If you wanted it really stable, it would like be locked in, right? And then it can't move much. If you want it to be able to move a lot, it's got to be a loose That's why bodybuilders can't. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, so in a lot of sport, a lot of the time people say like getting more flexible or having more range of motion can be a, a liability for injury. Um, but at the same time, you might like, you know, having flexible hips, and hamstrings will mean your back has to bend less if you're getting stacked. You know, like you think about, you know, if you would have seen people that hurt their neck getting stacked, those real stiff people, and they've gotten stacked, and it's like they yeah. get their neck jams up before anything else touches the mat. Like, obviously, that doesn't happen to me really because I I fold pretty well. Obviously, like something else could injure, but like for my neck, that's um, good. So, like, it can be good. I think a problem is like you get more flexible, and then you you start using it. You're like, oh, okay, I'm flexible, so I'll put myself in these spots, which can be good for performance sometimes, but it is probably not good to be sitting there getting balled up and squashed over and over again. Yeah, that, yeah, I don't know how your back survives that, eh? Um, I just, yeah, I try not to do it under load. I try to do it on my own. I feel like I get flexibility from playing guard retention with people that are shit at passing, though. You know, I just sure. let them stretch my legs out. Yeah. feels like resistant stretching. Yeah, so stretching for that, so stretching's yes or no. Yeah. Well, when you go on Instagram and you see crazy people, because obviously 
Jiu-Jitsu been recommended all the wildest shit, like doing yoga every day and stuff. Like, is it fitness industries? Fitness, like, yeah. 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 But we overlap with that, you know? Yeah, I know. Yeah. But you don't do any lifting either. Yeah. So no lifting. How often do you stretch? Well, I don't really stretch anymore. So you got, so once you achieve the flexibility, you don't need to stretch anymore. I mean, only because I'm not really competing. So like I was doing it for performance. Um, now I can't be bothered. <laughs> but, but your flexibility is I get, though. yeah, it stays for the most part, as long as you're using it. Uh, strength training actually does, um, like strengthening is probably one thing that's been shown to reduce the risk of injury. But I also think like you can make a broad statement like that or you can look at it a bit more, you know, like, you can take a lens to that. Like I'm, I feel pretty strong, especially isometrically. Like I think people like I'm pretty good at not letting my joints suddenly get like put into bad spots, which is like, but having more strength means you're, you're going to be better at just like when required, you can, you know, activate the muscles required to just keep the joint stable and not let it get injured. I feel like I've got that already. I'm naturally pretty, pretty big. So I don't need to do, for, for injury prevention, I don't really feel the need to do strength training. But for, for a more lean person, it's probably a good idea. You definitely see like some like skinny people that get injured a lot in jiu-jitsu. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. <clears throat> for sure. And then you're a big cold plunge guy. <laughs> no, definitely not. No. <laughs> Is, all right, so I feel like we have to deal with all these weird people suggesting things to you in jiu-jitsu because of the Joe Rogan podcast, you know, like yeah. recovery, like sauna, cold plunge. He's trying to make it so Joe Rogan never asks me to get on. Yeah. <laughs> so I just mean, that's what you got. I don't think the, he's going to ask me to get on. You go into the gym every day. That's what uh -oh. they're, they're talking about, you know, all those sort of out the gate sort of recovery. Yeah, but people are like, like you know, People want there to be things that, you know, like it's not a, maybe it's not a nice thing to just, like I think people, you know, like if you just go, like, oh, yeah, like I'm just slowly aging and it's not, you know, apart from just keeping generally healthy, doing strength training and like keeping fit and eating a, you know, balanced diet, um, you know, which is probably, I think a lot of these people that promote those things don't do the, the main things, which is that, but um. Yeah, so people just want there to be some secret, you know, stem cells. Oh, I'm never going to get arthritis now. Or um, Stem cells, oh, bullshit. He's saying that's the set. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think the technology is quite there yet. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. One day. One day. Maybe maybe you got the, the good stuff. The good yeah. stuff. Maybe you got the stuff that's right on the cutting edge that hasn't been proven yet, but it's... I remember because yeah. I got... <laughs> I remember from some dodgy doctor in Melbourne... He gave me PRP. PRP, yeah. And I remember being like, like from just him blindly injecting randomly into my Not body. even with ultrasound or no, anything. No, ultrasound. no, just like, <laughs> just like I'm the, getting the right spots. A yeah. needle this fucking big. And I was like, my shoulder feels way worse than it did before that. Yeah. Because I was like, I torn part of my labrum or something. You tore it, actually. <laughs> you injured me. But you injured my rib, remember, so and you've probably injured me more than I've injured you. No way. You've broken me way too many times. Hey. You've had to get stitches because of you from the same dodgy doctor, you know? He was good at stitches though. But yeah, PRP, bullshit, right? I, I haven't looked to be honest, I'm not like reading up on the latest stuff, but as of about four years ago, yeah, it was bullshit. Maybe there's some new 
research showing otherwise. But but generally speaking, like if you were to be injured now, most treatments just really strengthening the weakened area, like not any crazy out. Like people always tell me all the time, they're like, "Oh, you're crazy. You don't get a massage every week." And I'm like, "A massage? What the fuck's a massage gonna do?" <laughs> Feels good. Yeah, that's yeah. it, right? Yeah. Um. Yeah. Basically, pretty much. Yeah. Well, even. I mean, it, yeah. What about massage, a, acupuncture, you know, like all that sort of stuff. It's like I feel like it's things people say to have something interesting to say. Yeah, but people want, you know, they want something to do something to the tissue. You know, they want to like a better speed it up. Different. But yeah, I mean, you because you know, we've evolved to be pretty good at healing. The better, but the, at least like pretty good, you know. And then if you just like put the, you know, you got scar tissue, it's going to come in and kind of glue the the um, injured bits together and you need to like you do need to move like just pure rest is bad for, for most things like when you move the scar tissue like aligns you know there's collagen and it has to like align to some degree with the tensile forces that it's gonna that the normal ligament's gonna or whatever it is you've injured is gonna experience so like that's why doing rehab just basically like solidifies that and you can also sometimes get the general structure around like you know you get more stronger muscles around the area you might be less likely to re do the injury that you did before yeah yeah right because like i've never never had any help from any of these things what are the other machines people give you is it if you believe that would help they might but that's the thing you know but how could you believe it when it's just retarded people telling you to do it you know like yeah ultrasounds definitely actually ultrasounds got weirdly got some evidence for like bone healing but for like ligament healing, no. What, so in terms of what, what is it that makes certain people be able to operate without ACLs and is that just the, the strength of their surrounding muscle? The ACL is a weird one because it's like within the joint and so it stops your, you know, your knee sits on this, like your thigh bone sits on, on your tibia like this and it can like slide like this. Um, so it is actually something that given good movement and like good strong muscles around it that are like supporting the joint and probably a bit of your, you know, not everyone, not every knee actually looks just like people don't look the same. Not every knee actually looks the same. Some might be more likely to still be stable despite the ACL being gone. Um, so for, for those people who do rehab, they might not need surgery and some people they get it torn and they do all the exercises they want and it's still unstable. Is it, is it more heading in the direction of people attempting rehab only first now than operate straight away? Or It seems to be heading more towards that. I think the recurrence rate, if you do your ACL and you're under 19 years old, the recurrence rate's very high, oh, like yeah. 80% or something. Like that. I can't remember the exact. It's like very likely you're going to do it again. <laughs> it's pretty crazy. So like, it's that, but that's probably like, a gen, like those people that probably – predisposed like it's happened early because they were just it was going to happen you know yeah yeah whereas if you're 30 and you tear your acl you probably move in a way that is generally protective of it and you're just unlucky and you're probably more likely to cope with but still uh you know do your acl and you want to keep wrestling and doing like pivoting and stuff you it's got to be back to very good function oh really Nick just like you can just like play guard and it's a bit easier, but like some of the some of the higher like wrestling I think is a lot harder. But you still you may maybe 
For some people, it grows back. Yeah, that's crazy. It grows back. Yeah. That's wild. What's wild to me is people can not have an ACL and not know it, but they yeah. could have had a torn and they just, yeah. they never even. It's wild that people, someone will have an injury and they act like they're about to die. Someone else will have the same injury and not know they're actually injured. Yeah. Guys, obviously some of the smartest, most intelligent people in the world listen to this podcast, as well as jiu-jitsu and MMA fans. And that's why Nikolai has contacted me because he's reaching out for software engineers and just generally technical people that are interested in getting involved in his startup called Deep News. Deep News will use AI technology to cover the news in real time. Should take with it'll have a news story up within 20 minutes. And these topics could be anything from politics, sports, the usual stuff you would uh, be on Reddit or Twitter reading into. But this will actually monitor articles from uh, important figures in those fields and update your own sort of personalized machine-based uh, newspaper. If that's something you're interested in, I want you to check out deepnftvalue.com forward slash news. And if you also want to contact uh, Nikolai directly, I want you guys to reach out to him on Twitter and it'll be twitter.com forward slash Ivan, I-V-A-N underscore B-E-Z-D-O-M-N-Y. So again, guys, if you're a uh, software engineer or technical person interested in getting involved in the AI field, this is your man to contact. Nicky Ryan, like he had, uh, he had his meniscus stitched and it failed. So then the surgeon cut out like 95% of, that's bad long, long term, right? Would you always suggest people generally get that one stitched back up rather than removed if you're young? Yeah, they try, usually try to stitch it up because it's at least supposed to, I mean, once you take it out, you can't put it back. And it's, uh, meniscus is meniscus is a funny one because it's like probably the least of your worries in terms of time out. You know, like if you tear your fully rupture your LCL, ACL, even MCL, you'll be out for a longer time than a meniscus tear where they can just cleave it. You know, but long term, it's more likely to get arthritis than any of the others. I talk to so many people that are always like, bro, we're like five to 10 years away from them regrowing meniscus. You know, I'm always like, oh, <laughs> I guess so. That'll be down in Mexico with some stem cell facilities, right? You know, I feel, I see why people make so much money off the health industry because everyone wants a, uh, some wild cure. I feel like they want to be able to tell their friends about it more than they want to actually have the cure done to them. You know, like it's a cool thing to talk about, but you don't, you don't think there's anything wild out there now. Like that. Maybe I mean, to, look. It's not like I'm not like going and oh, going to like conferences. That, yeah, I'm not going to conferences and seeing what the latest like evidence is behind these. So these days, so like there could be. I'm sure, like without a doubt, people are getting better at closer to those things. But I think it's just very complex, and it's not something that's easy for. Like you got to like to regrow a meniscus. It seems seems like it's. Like, it sounds easy, but there's obviously a lot to doing that. Yeah, so I don't think yet. So there will be, if you... If five you, years. Five years. <laughs> no. Yeah, put its arm on it's like it. nuclear, <laughs> nuclear fusion, right? It's always five years away, ten years away. We, so if you were to take any serious injury, there'd be no wild treatment you'd try? 
to be well, health serious. treatment. I'm not saying broken neck. I'm saying you injure your shoulder or anything like that. There'd be no. I mean, I think people get desperate if nothing else works. Yeah. Then you try. You try. I mean, if, you, if you're actually like, let's say you're actually in pain, like a lot of pain, and like you've done all your rehab you're supposed to do and it's not working, like that's probably when people are like, I can't. Or when they go like, I can't. I've tried all the things I've been told to do and I'm still in pain that they start looking for, you know, unusual things. Unusual things to try, yeah, experiments. Or <laughs> so I'm at the point where like if my body breaks down, I'm just going to be like, you know what? Well, let's call it a day, you know? But what if it doesn't go away, the pain? Well, I, I just mean I'll stop training, you know? I'll be like, fuck it, you know? Yeah. We'll go jogging. Yeah, but what if you still sore? Still sore? Well, I'll just get addicted to painkillers or something. <laughs> They've already solved that problem, you know? <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, no. If someone, uh, if someone, uh, that's why I give people bad positions in the seminar because I'm like, fuck, someone break today so I can just have a vacation for a while, you know? You want to have time off? <laughs> yeah, you can just do that. Yeah, yeah. No, no, there's too many good opportunities, you know? Taking on old MMA fighters, that's the, that's the business. When do you reckon you're done? Good question. Doing ADCC? I don't know if I'll do ADCC, you know? It's a tough one, eh? You definitely should. It's a lot of work, you know? It's a big commitment of time. Yeah. <laughs> the, I'll tell you what, the only reason I want to do it is because you've done ADCC how many times? Four. And I've done it four times. Yeah. So I want to just remind you that I am in, will be in the five-timers club, you know? But then you might just surprise and show up for <laughs> a fifth one. <laughs> Give me an invite for the 99, over 99 division. Over 99, yeah. Just do the trials for over 99. Maybe. Could you, with, how much would someone have to pay you to take a grappling match today? So How much? We'll finish this because obviously you're you tens of millions of dollars in the bank account now. So. <laughs> <laughs> we'll finish this. I, yeah, I would. Nah, I don't know. I mean, if it was a, a lot of money, sure. But there'd be certain names, know. though, right? Like if it was like Lucas Lepre or something. He's already beaten me. JT Torres. He's beaten me three times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nobody yeah. beats us four times though. True. No, it's uh, Will Diaz. <laughs> he got he beat me seven times and then I got him <laughs> the last two. Do you, would you rather beat someone seven times and them have the last two, or would you rather be the other way around? I'm pretty happy having the last two. It feels like a it was like a sign of progress, you know. Yeah. It was like I'd lose. Uh, this is an Australian guy. Um, well, I think like I first fought him in, at Brown Belt, um, and he beat me by submission, and then maybe like four points or something, then two points, then advantage, then referee's decision like three times in a row. And then I got the last two by like submission and and um, points or something. But yeah, so I was like, it was nice to see like a... Maybe he was into that week. I think he might have been actually, but <laughs> we'll go with it. <laughs> That's always the token, eh? Like I swear to God, I love... It doesn't matter. Don't ruin my narrative. <laughs> The funniest shit is always how people take a loss on Instagram or Facebook or something, you know? Like there's people. We've all been guilty of that. Yeah. Like, you know? Yeah, I learned yeah. very quick though. I remember I lost to Marilla and I said, hey, the guys didn't tell me the rules. I didn't yeah. know the rules. So 
They didn't tell me that the second penalty was two points. And I was like, oh, I'll just fucking eat a penalty right now. Stole it out. <clears throat> but people from all levels, even the most amateur guys, that no one cares about the event they're in, will write this novel of all the things going on in their life and stuff. Yeah. Up until multiple-time black belt Brazilian world champions, you know, they'll have the same <laughs> novels explaining the loss. Yeah. I mean, I think people just, like, they want to... They want to believe that, you know, they're at this level. And if, 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 if something like happens that they contends with that, that's like, oh, I still am at that level. This just, you know, that got in the way. Yeah. yeah but no one cares. Hey, like no one, no one actually cares yeah. for the most part. Yeah. No one cares. Yeah. Unless the injury occurs weirdly in the match or something, you know, it's like, hey, yeah. you, you showed up, shut up. Yeah. You know, that's why I see it anyway. That's a good, good one to answer. But you didn't put a price on it. So we'll say Lachlan will compete for $500 in any local Superfight event in Australia. $500, please. If you subscribe to Submatter, he'll compete for you, okay? <laughs> Thank you for listening to the El Segundo Podcast. Don't forget, Fat Cry Jones. <laughs>